Uh, you ready to get into the Word? You ready for that Word to get into you? Come on, it's going to get in. It, 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 you know, the Word of God is quick and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive. It's a live Word. And it's meant to convict us. It's meant to encourage us. It's meant to empower us. It's meant to wash us. It's meant to feed us. And that's why, you know, people say, oh, they stepped on my toes today. Well, they needed stepping on right? I mean, because we all need, right? The word can bring conviction. It can bring comfort. And we probably need a little of both. And boy, what a subject, you know, to talk about money, right? Money. Talk about money. That's like the, oh gosh, you know, preachers, all they want is money. You've heard it, right? All I talk about money. I mean, you could mention it once in six months and people walk out. Oh, they talk about money. And, and the people who say that are the ones that have an issue about it. The people who, who, who've understood it they, they want, hey, preach it. Come on, I'm tired of carrying the whole load. <laughs> Come on, you know, all right, I'm already getting into it. But I'm gonna tell you what, it is, at the end of the day, it's a trust issue. It's a, it's a, it's a two-way trust. Do you trust God and can God trust you? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And that's where we get in trouble. Well, I, I think this and I think that, right? As like, uh, what's God say? Trust. It's a trust. Can you trust God? And can he trust you? And he who's faithful with a little will be given much. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much. You're so good to us. We're here today because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We're here, God, because of your gift to us of salvation. And God, you are so generous to each of us, and we're thankful today. We're grateful. We come before you with grateful hearts. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And now we're asking you, Father, to help us to lean in, to mix this word with faith, then to act upon the word so that we can put it into action and it can bear fruit in our lives. And so bearing fruit, our fruit would remain and we would prove to be your disciples and glorify you in heaven. We pray for an open heart and a teachable spirit, the grace, Lord, to lean in and the grace to walk it out because we need that in Jesus' name and God's people in agreement said amen. All right, I want to I wanna just jump right in. Oh, I forgot to say this. Hey, how many of you know what today is? No, it's today. It's my favorite day. That's what Pooh said to Piglet. Okay, Pooh, Piglet, what, what's today? What, what day is it? He said, it's today. And Pooh said, it's my favorite day. I hope, come on, live with that. It, it's today. It's my favorite day. Why? Because it's today. Tomorrow's not promised, but we've got today. Right here, right now, today. All right, I had to share that. All right, 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house. Your servant has nothing here at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, go, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the doors behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterward the door shut behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. 
She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. I want to title this message this morning, fill my jars. All right. So I've got some, a little illustration of jars, fill my jars. And I, I'm going to talk about jars, plural, because the idea is that you've got a number of jars of expectation that you're wanting God to fill, but you've got to give him something to fill. Okay, the woman in this story is like, you can see she's desperate, right? She's desperate. And the man of God, hey, my husband's dead and there's creditors now. And now my sons are going to be taken away from me. And I don't have anything. It's like, you don't have anything? You don't have anything. That's what most of us think. I don't have anything, right? And now if I I were going to, I could take up the most generous offering in this story. We could receive it. I don't take it, but we could receive it. All right. I could receive the most generous offering in this church today. You know how? I would have you exchange wallets and checkbooks and credit cards. Because we're always more generous with other people's stuff. Right? How many of you have said, if I had Warren Buffett's money... If I had Bill Gates' money, come on now. How many of you have ever thought it? Be honest. Come on. I've thought it, man. If I had their money, I would do this with it. And I would do that. Because we're always more generous with other people's stuff. And so we could take up the most generous offering. Hey, let me have your credit card. Let me have your checkbook. And I'll write the most big, audacious check that I can. But see, God's not after what's in someone else's hand. God wants to know what's in your hand. It's like, what do you have? We need to feed some people. What do you have? I don't have nothing. Well, I don't have nothing. <laughs> like, what, uh, what, what, hey, little boy, what do you have? Uh, 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 my lunch? <laughs> Let me have it. Let me have it. Give it to me because if you'll put what's in your hand, then I can release what's in my hand. Says what God says. If you'll give me, if you'll put what you have in my hand, then I'll release what's in my hand. If you'll put it in my hand, I'll multiply it. I'll bless it. That's why, that's why 10%, the tithe, the revelation that Abraham, long before the law, is so revelational. It's like, if you'll remove a dime from every dollar, if you'll remove a penny from every 10, if you'll just set it aside, it becomes sanctified and it becomes blessed. And it gets returned. It gets put into God's hand. And then he gives you wisdom to steward the other 90. It's, a, it's an issue of honor. It's not a law. It's a revelation. God is my provider. He's the one who gives me wisdom to get wealth. I'm returning to him the first fruits of the wisdom he's given me to gather this wealth. Come on now. Get the revelation here. It's not a law. It's not I have to, ought to, or should. It's I get to. I get to honor God in this way. And it it, it removes it because if you keep it with it, it, instead of being a blessing, it becomes a curse. And you worry about it and you fret about it and you don't have trust. It's like, think about it. I trust God to take me to heaven, but I can't trust him with a dime from every dollar. Think about about how insane that is. I'm going to trust God to take me to heaven, forgive me all my sins, raise Jesus from the dead. I believe all that, but I can't believe and trust God. 
Oh, come on now. I hope you get it in your heart. It's, it's a hard issue. That's at the end of the day, it's a hard issue. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Jesus understood that. And so here's the point. Where do you want your treasure to be? Or where do you want your heart to be? Put your treasure there. Because your heart will follow your treasure. Your heart follows your treasure. So, so start putting your treasure where you want your heart to be. You want your heart to be in the house of God? You want your heart to be in the kingdom of God? Then start putting your treasure there first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Some people put their family first or their career first or their job first or their cars first or their toys first or their money first. That's the first thing. And that's like, that's all out of order and order affects outcome. And so we, God, I want, my, I want my heart to be found in you. So I'm going to put my treasure there first. That's why I'm going to put you first. How many of you remember the Laurel and Hardy skit? Who's on first? Come on, who's on first? So confused about who's on first, right? Are people confused about who's on first in your life? Ooh, come on now, that one. Drop the mic, walk away, right? Don't, don't, don't let people be confused about who's first in your life, right? Just let it be known. Not, not in an obnoxious, showy way, but it's just, it's there. It's like you're putting God first. And, and so... She says, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. That's what most people, I don't have anything. Yeah, you do. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? And God wants us to be faithful with what's in her hand. So he says, look, go gather up some jars. And she's like, like, jars? What am I going to do with jars? Instead, she obeyed God. See, you never know what's on the other side of your obedience. Just, you never know what's on the other side of your obedience. Just, good, you just obey God. I mean, it's the first mark of a disciple. Go and teach them to obey all that I've commanded. That's the first mark of a discipleship is just obedience. It's, yes, Lord. It's, yes, Lord. You say, get baptized. Yes, Lord. You know, it's, it's yes. And we never know what's on the other side of that. And, it, and I've found it to be amazing. I, I have. I've found it to just be amazing that, that this little act of obedience opened up this door of opportunity in ministry. I had no idea. And I just heard a story. When I was in Greece, just ministered there. There's four generations of people who are saved now because of some people who were in the Azusa revival back in the 1920s. And two men heard God say, I want you to go to Greece and I want you to hand out Bibles. <laughs> Like, go to Greece and hand out Bibles, yeah. So they went to Greece and hand out Bibles, and they met a man who, was a, who, who led worship in the Greek Orthodox Church, and they gave him a Bible, and he says, you need to read this Bible. And he says, I sing the Bible in my Greek Orthodox Church. I sing it. I don't need to. No, he goes, you need to read this Bible. And they go, why? He goes, because it's the Word of God. And so guess what? He started reading the Bible. And he ended up getting gloriously saved and filled with God's spirit. And he started a church. And now, four generations later, his sons and grandsons have become preachers and planted churches because two men heard God say, go give away a Bible in Greece. Come on. You never know what's on the other side of your obedience. And so 
The idea of jars is an idea of desperate. This one was desperate. And it's, it's, it's when, you, when you give something to God and say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you something to fill. My wife and I used to look at our wallet, you know, like you do. A wallet, a wallet, what would you have me to give? A wallet, a wallet, what can we afford to do? So that's how most people look at it. And I budget, and I believe in budgeting. And I see you got some Dave Ramsey books out there, and Ron Blue, and I've read their stuff, and it's good, and it's biblical, and it, it's, it's, it's helpful. And we do that, my wife and I, we, we budget, and we, we budget our giving. We, we do our tithe. We do our missions. We do other stuff. We just take it off the top, and we put that in there. But, but then I learned about another level. God, what do you want to do through me? God, what, what do you want to do through me? That's above and beyond what I, what I would just be able to look at and budget and be a good steward. And that's good stewardship. You need to do that. You need to be a good manager. You need to live below your means so you have enough left over to give away. I mean, that's the way it works, right? I mean, uh, as Charles Wesley says, you know, uh, uh, give all you can, uh, you know, make all you can, give all you can, save all you can. And God's order is give, save, and live. That's God, That's order. Give first, and then save some. Observe the squirrel. Squirrel, 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 squirrel. Hunt, hunt, we're going hunting? No, squirrel. Observe the squirrel. He gathers in the summer so that he has more, so save, right? And then live off the rest. It's God's order. It's a good order. But most people don't do that. A lot of people put their 401, 501, save for themselves first. That comes off the top. Then they live, and if anything's left over, they'll give. It's all out of order. It's not putting God first. And so uh, this woman was de- desperate. And, and so, so fill my jars is, is more than just money. So don't you see it as a money thing? It's a faith thing. And, and for your jars, your jars, you know what? Your jars may represent someone in your family that needs Jesus. God, fill this jar. Fill this jar with salvation. You know, it might be a breakthrough. It might be a business. It might be a career. It could be, it could be a number of things that you need the God of breakthrough to come. But you're going to give him something. You're going to believe him for something. That's beyond you. That's beyond just your normal. And so my wife and I, we do a thing called run to stop it at our church. It's, it's for human trafficking. And boy, I tell you, when you mix greed and lust together, you've got a horrible sin. The lust of men and women who love money, the love of money is the root of all evil. Money's not evil, the love of it. And so you've got greed and then you've got lust. And you mix those two together and you've got terrible sin. And so we used to do a challenge at our church. So like we, last year, a year ago, we, we challenged 100, we were wanting to raise $150,000. And so we just challenged people, you know, to give, you know, you break it up, 1,500 people doing $100, it's $150,000. And so instead, we just said, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to say, 
we're going to let God do it this year, and we're going to let God determine what he wants to do. And all I want you to do is I want you to pray and ask God what he wants to give through you. Don't, don't look at your wallet. Don't look at your budget. Just say, God, ask God to put a number in you, and then ask him to fill the jar. And it, it's been amazing to watch what God does. A bonus, overtime. Some people got refunds. So we had a lady who literally the credit card company that she had shut down, they had shut it down, been over a year. They closed this account. They, got a, they had an envelope on there in the mail, and she and her husband had almost thrown it away thinking it was another solicitation for, for to open up another account. And they decided, well, we better open and see what was in it. It was a refund check for $825 because the new law that Congress or something had put in and the way the credit card he had charged interest or whatever, and they almost threw it away. And guess what? It was part of their jar that got filled. So they go, literally, we got money in the mail from a credit card that we had closed down and almost threw away the check. Isn't God good? Because, see, you never know what's on the other side of your obedience. You don't know what your obedience will release. That's just waiting to be released. And so this woman, out of obedience, went and got her sons to gather up all these jars. And God brought the breakthrough to her. You know... There's another story in the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 1 where this same thing happened. It's verses 1 through 20. I don't have time to go through it, but it was Hannah. Hannah was a barren woman. Hannah couldn't bear children. And she prayed and prayed and prayed at the altar. She was like, you know, she was like praying. And, and Eli, the prophet, the, he, he thought she was drunk. Like, because she's just murmuring her, her, she's just at the altar, just, you know, oh, God, how many of you prayed groanings? You just don't have words, right? It's like, I mean, have ever had that? It's like, I don't even have words. I'm just, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, we need, we need your break. So he thought she was drinking, that she'd been drunk. And she said, no, no, it's not that. I, I want a son. And I'll, I'll dedicate him to the Lord. And Eli said, it's done. It's done. See, God's after our faith. The gr- it's more precious than gold, the Bible says, your faith. Your faith is the most precious commodity that you have. Now, faith works by love. Now by faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, and faith works by love, and so we know God is love. And, but, but when, you know, in every trial, you know, what's, you know what God's after? In every trial you face, you know what he's after? Your faith. He wants your faith. That's why he said to Peter, Satan has asked for permission to sift you. And, and Peter's like, you told him no, right? 
You, you told him I'm a child of the king, right? <laughs> you told him that I'm just going to live an easy life, right? <laughs> Come on. I mean, you know, it's like, you, you, surely you told him no. So he said, no, what I've done is I prayed for you that after this sifting's over that your faith may prevail and you might strengthen others. And so guess what? In every trial, God's after your faith and the devil's after your faith. The devil's wanting you to curse God and die. See, he's after your faith. He's like, how could a good God let this thing happen? So that's Job's wife. Will you trust in God? Curse God and die, dude. Look at that. You've lost it all. That's what's at, that's what, when you go through trials, it's the testing of your faith. It's the testing of your faith. How do you know you have faith if it's not tested? How can I know that you can do 100 push-ups just because your mouth mouthed it? Come on, let me see you do it. I'm from the show me state. Come on, man. Look at this. We got a guy doing it, man. You got to do it right, though. <laughs> I mean, I was born in the right state. Pastor Kirk's always made He says, man, you are from the show me state, aren't you? It's like, I am from the show me state. And also, we have what they're known as the Missouri mule. It's stubborn. A stubborn. It's so like, you know, the mule that fell down into the well? You heard the story about the mule that fell down into the well? And it was an old mule. Farmer came and fell down the well. I said, man, this, this mule is too hard to get it out of here. Let's just start throwing dirt on it. So they started throwing dirt on it. And that mule was like, shook off the dirt, kept throwing it down. It's like, shook off the dirt and I kept throwing dirt down he's like madder and madder and shook it off before you know it he walked right out of there see that's why you don't quit <laughs> okay yeah that's why you just don't quit you put your hand to the plow and you don't look back why because he's worthy Jesus is worthy. He's worthy of a bride. He's worthy that we get this right. He's worthy of faith. He's worthy, right? The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God who didn't quit, the God who endured the cross because of the joy set before him, right? The author and the perfecter and the finisher of your faith and my faith. He's worthy that we get this thing right. He's worthy that I have a right attitude. He's worthy that I have a generous heart. He's worthy that I have faith. He, it's about him. Unto him, to him, by him, for him. He's worthy. Can I get an amen? Come on. Jesus is worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy that I'm living my life right. He's worthy that I'm treating people right. He's worthy that I'm putting on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. He's worthy that I'm giving him jars to fill and say, Lord, you're worthy of faith. You're worthy of love. You're worthy of hope. God, come and fill my jars. God, come and fill me with your hope. You're, you're not worthy of my disappointment. You're not worthy of my betrayal. You're not worthy of my grumbling. You're not worthy of my complaining. Come on, we all have that stuff. You're worthy that I have a jar that you can fill and I can say, look at what the Lord has done. 
Look at what the Lord has done. That's what this message is about. It's about faith. It's about trust. It's about desperation. It is. God, I'm desperate for you. God, if you don't do this, it's not going to get done. It's, it's about putting something out there that seems empty and void and has no hope. And the God of hope breaks through. And I told the men here on Friday night, we need you to break through so that others can break out. We need you to break through so others can break out. That's why. Because he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. The Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. Behold him. He's worthy. He's worthy for me to allow my empty jar, me, to be emptied so that I might be filled. More of you, Lord. More of you. You must increase. I must decrease, right? You must come. Come into my marriage. Come into my school. Come into my home. Come into my retirement. Come, come into my business. God, I need, how many of you, how many of you could use a little more favor in your life? How many of you could use a little more wisdom in your life? How much, how many of you could use a little more stewardship in your life? God, just help me to steward my mind, my body, my life, my time, just, just a little better for your glory. Come on, that's what these jars represent. Because at the end of the day, money represents your whole life. Because you give time to make it. You give time to think about it. You give time to spend it. You give time to worry about it. So, so it represents your life. Whose hand would it be better in? Yours or God's? Hey, if I have a basketball, a brand new basketball in my hand that we paid $45 for, and after it's been in my hand, it's used now, and it's worth less. But if I put that same basketball in the hand of Michael Jordan, and he puts an autograph on it, what just happened to the value of that basketball? What just happened to the potential of that basketball? I, I, what, what, come on now. It just, it just skyrocketed in value and worth. Well, what happens when you put it in God's hand? When you put it in God's hand, what will he do with it? He'll, he'll breathe on it. He'll do exceedingly abundantly above. The word that your pastor brought to our church at our 15-year anniversary called more. Exceedingly abundantly more. 
I just got through two of my scriptures. My messages are never over. I just pause. But this theme runs throughout the Bible. The theme of trust. The, fee, the theme of faith. The theme to believe. The, believe, the theme to trust. And I, I really want to pray that as you go through this series that you won't stay away. And that you won't look at it as a money issue because it's a, it's a faith issue. It's a trust issue. And God's looking for people he can trust. He is. He's looking for people who he can trust with the, with the jar and that he can fill and he can pour out to take care of your debts, to provide for your life, to bless your life because the Lord, the Bible says that the Lord blesses with riches and he adds no sorrow to it. It's only sorrowful when it's not God's and it's yours. It's joyful when you know it's God's. It is. Will you stand with me, please? You should bow your heads for a moment. It's possible that you're here today and you come into to this worship service and, and like, oh, they're talking about money. But it's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. And it's possible that you're here today and you know in your heart of hearts that your, your life is not surrendered to Jesus. But you know you need to surrender your life to him. The Bible has this promise to as many as received him, he gave the right to become a child of God. I'm going to give you a, a moment here. In just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. I want to turn from my way. And I want to commit my life to you because you gave your life for me, God. I want to go all out for you because you went all out for me on the cross. If that's you and you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I know in my heart of hearts that, that I'm not completely surrendered to him, but I want that to change today. If that's you, just lift your hand up and I want to pray for you. I see your hand, ma'am, anyone else. Just don't be ashamed and don't be embarrassed. Just lift your hand up. There's another hand here in the middle. That's a beautiful thing. The Bible says that no man can come to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws him. So we know this is a Holy Spirit moment. It's not because I preached well. It's not because I said the right things. It's because you're sensing the conviction of the Holy Spirit on your heart that it's your time. And I want to lead you in a prayer. And I want to... I'm going to invite all of us to join in. Maybe you didn't have the courage to pray, to lift your hand, but God sees your heart. You pray this from your heart. Say this, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Today, I turn from my way to receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I surrender my life to you. From this moment on, I ask you, to live your resurrected life in me and through me by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, for dying on the cross for me, and making me a child of God. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a big hand? Can we rejoice? The, the Bible says there's more joy in heaven over every person who turns to God than one who doesn't need to. So we welcome you to God's family and we rejoice with you.
How many of you have some jars you need God to fill? You need them to fill, right? Come on, you've got some jars, you've got some people, you've got some things. I wanna pray for you real quickly. Church, I bless you right now to lay hold of this word. I bless you to receive this word, to mix it with faith. I bless you to go and put it into practice and give God something to fill that he might be glorified in you and through you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give God a big hand for his goodness.